since it began in 1995. I would like to introduce to you an exciting and uniquely Irish performance. Riverdance has been seen by over 25 million people throughout 47 countries across six continents and played to a global television audience of over 3 billion. Now, experience Riverdance as never before as we go on a world tour from China well, I've, uh, finally landed here in Guangzhou to North America arrived in DC yesterday and back again to our hometown of Dublin Oh, you're at your own man Here from the producers I mean, I did think it had something special it had great potential The creative team I, I actually hated dancing That's the truth And of course, the performers From a young age, I've always felt that you know, I will be in Riverdance and I will be a lead dancer as They give you unique behind-the-scenes access Guys, keep it to up. the past present and future of this international phenomenon. This is Riverdance, the podcast. We're like a little I family. I just wasn't happy and I knew things weren't right. Very tired. We're in Cleveland. Oh, came off the phone she says they want you to join the trip and go to China. I was so happy and proud to be part of that. I began dancing when I was four years old. Oh, I'm emotional. And I'm just so honoured to be a part Five, of it. Five, six, seven, eight... Hello, I'm Darren Casey, a dancer with Riverdance since 2008, and I'll be taking you on tour around the world, introducing you to the dancers, directors, producers and personalities of the show across this 10-part podcast series. This week, we're back in Dublin, back in our spiritual home of the Gaiety Theatre for a 13-week run, and it's good to be back. The size of the theatre and the stage makes the gaiety so, so special. Taxi drivers to bus drivers, everyone knows when Riverdance is in town. I also catch up with lead dancer Jason O'Neill. My name is Jason O'Neill and I am from Belfast. To hear about his remarkable career. The first two months were very, very difficult. I actually think I suffered a little bit of like anxiety and depression with it. I want to stay at the top. That's how my mind works. Dancing's been an escape for me. But first, let me take you backstage to the Gaiety Theatre as we get ready for another summer of Riverdance in Dublin. I don't know where to start to tell you how amazing it is to be back in Dublin. It feels absolutely incredible. I absolutely love Dublin. I love living in Dublin. It's a great city. There's such a buzz about it and we've been very lucky this summer that the weather's been amazing. So we've been doing something nice every day, coming into the green room. There's always a great buzz. Everyone's always in great spirits to be back in Dublin. My family have seen me in the show twice already here. So that's one of my favourite things about Dublin because everyone's coming to see me in the show and I've nearly had someone in almost every night to see the show, which is amazing. It's the best feeling in the world. The stage is a lot smaller than what we're used to on tour. Our numbers usually go from 22 to 22 and here it goes from 12 to 12. So that makes a huge difference. So if you can imagine how small the stage is and then how intimate that makes us dancing for the audience. Like they're so, so close. I can see every reaction. I can see them smiling. I can see them getting emotional. I can see them jump to their feet, which is just the best thing in the world for me. When we're on the road all year round, coming home is a special thing and being able to do Riverdance when you're at home is even better. Your family can come in and watch the show and your friends and it's always packed every night no matter how many shows we do. I 
think bringing the show back to Dublin is such a joy because we've taken it to so many people around the world and that we finally are able to bring it back to Dublin once a year and fly the flag, not just for the show, but for the country as well. Even when we're abroad, we're flying the flag for Ireland. And so to come home, it is almost a homecoming. Being here now is rather surreal and performing here in the Gaiety Theatre, I think everybody can say that it's rather special and unique. Um, there's something about this theatre and this stage that makes everything quite intimate. You can see the audience when you're performing out there and it's, I don't know, it hits something deep inside. It just makes me go out there even more proud to be an Irish dancer, to be in Riverdance. I love the structure of the gay. If you, um, from the stage, the circle is actually almost eye level with us on stage because it's quite high up. And because it's such an intimate venue, you can really see the audience. And so you actually feel like you're part of the audience while you're dancing and they feel like they're part of the show as well. So I find sometimes the reactions in Dublin are actually some of the best we get all around the world. The cast of Buzzin. I have people all the way from New York who have flown over. It's the best, best time of the year, better than Christmas. Now let's hear from Belfast dancer Jason O'Neill on how he copes with the physical demands of being a dancer on tour. I started in 2009, so it's been like nine years on and off. It's been an incredible journey. I saw Riverdance. I remember watching it in my living room with my family. We watched the Eurovision Song Contest every year. I would like to introduce to you an exciting and uniquely Irish performance. Ladies Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, Riverdance. And I was like, what exactly is this? This is phenomenal. It changed everything for me. It just made Irish dancing so cool and so current and so different. I loved the music, the choreography. Everything about it was so natural and organic. Mm. And even at like, maybe I was six or seven, it kind of enlightened me and it sparked my imagination. And I started practicing like all the time, every day after school, I'd practice every single day. Hi. Yeah. Did you ever see the show live before you wanted to be in it? I saw the show with Michael Flatley and my mum and dad, they, they saw how passionate I was like every day after school. I'm, I tell you every day I practiced Irish dancing. I was pretty much obsessed. You joined Riverdance in 2009? Yes, yes. Started obviously as Troop. Of course. First tour was the Corrib? Mine was the UK tour Corrib 2009. We started in Bristol. Right. I'll never forget it. I felt so new, so fresh, so wide-eyed, naive, innocent. And I was 23, so I was kind of like a grown man. I knew who I was, but I just... The whole touring, being on stage, being in theatre was completely new to me. Yeah. Completely. How long was the process of entering as troupe to then, as you now know, you're a resident principal dancer now? How long was that? Wow, it's such a journey. You, you never think of yourself like being established now. But um, I joined the show. I did a three month tour in the UK and then I got offered the Gaiety in Dublin for right. two months. And I was just thrilled because I was one of the new ones who got offered the Gaiety. And so I did that. So that was like that summer. And then I did a European tour. Then after that, I had to go back to college to finish my degree because I only had one year left. It was going into final year and I didn't want to lose my degree as much as I was passionate about dancing and I felt I was on the cusp of maybe getting a lead position. I so just was couldn't that my a hard education. decision? Oh, it was so difficult because I was having such a good time. I felt so fresh. I had so much energy. I was with my friends traveling. Like, There's not really one bad side. When you first join the show, there yeah. is not one bad side to it. No. But I always valued education and my family had always kind of pushed that on me too. And 
my whole upbringing at school was very it's all about education and you know yeah making better in yourself and using your brain and i felt like that had to come first so i went back to college a decision that you were happy you made because you've got obviously that the first two months were very very difficult i actually think i suffered a little bit of like anxiety and depression with it because i felt like god i was so close to kind of living my dream Mm -hmm. and being on the road and when i went back to university they went on most incredible tours like south africa and hong kong singapore all these incredible places and i was in belfast like studying 12 hours a day doing work every single day for a year but I think when I came back, I was just... At least we didn't post loads of pictures online. Oh, like social media did not exist. No, as not if. at all. Um, Sarcasm. But it's one of those <laughs> things, you've got to better your career and better your mind. And I feel like it makes you grow. And I, I came back and three days later, I, I did the gaiety the next year. And three days into it, I got offered leads. So it was kind of meant to be. Tell us about that. You're back. Th- that's pretty incredible. Three days after you come back, did you get an email, a phone call? Uh, yeah, I got a phone call. Actually, you know what it was? I... Um, graduated so I was doing the gaiety so I did two days in the gaiety mm-hmm. and then I was graduating my for my degree so I traveled back up to Belfast and I did the whole ceremony you know you get your certificates and you go out for dinner but instead of going out for dinner I got the bus back down to do the gaiety show that night so I ran for my um my graduation got the bus down to the gaiety and I was everyone was doing drills upstairs and I was downstairs so then I got a phone call saying we want to offer you lead. So it was just like the most bizarre day, 29th of June, 2011. See, it was like a full circle because I had the anxiety of going back to university. Yeah. And then I, I did graduate, I got the certificate and that day I got offered lead. I was like, this literally is meant to be. I'd say you didn't know whether to throw your hat in the air because you just graduated or because you just got a lead in Riverdance. Was it all just a big blur? I'd it was an that. absolute blur. And the thing about university, I got offered this like scholarship with a, a design studio. When it rains, it pours. Yeah, so for my last project, I got this award that I didn't really know anything about because I had my eyes focused on <laughs> getting back to dancing. So all I could think about was getting back to dance and getting back to the stage and getting back to theater and my family on the road. And I got offered this like thing, like this like award <laughs> studio space that everyone right. wanted and I, and I got offered it. And I had to choose between the two and I chose to dance again. When I got offered lead, I just felt like, okay, that's my decision made. I, I'm turning my back in design for a little period of time and I need to dance. Are you a realist, would you say, or would you say that what's meant for you doesn't pass you? Like, if well, it's I, I always think I'm hyper aware and very real and I'm always, I don't I think too much. So I would have maybe looked into things too much and not yeah. let the kind of organic things happen in my life. I always plan ahead or make sure that I'm exactly on track. But for this period of time, it just felt natural. So I just went with it. Never looked back. Never looked back since, no. Nine years on the road. Tour life mm-hmm. must have changed astronomically. Like I'm speaking from myself as well. Has changed astronomically, would you say? In nine Absolutely. years? Absolutely. I feel like two different people on the road. I don't know if it's my journey because I'm growing older mm. or the lifestyle has changed. I think it's got, I think Riverdance has become more, even more professional as it was. I think um, the dancers that are coming now are coming in as, I want to be a professional dancer. I am versed in dance vocabulary like I, I look at dancing all the time I'm educated in dance and all they want to be is a dancer they look after their bodies like athletes they take it so much more seriously yeah so I feel like that's changed and do you feel like you've changed I've 100% changed as a person I think I've kept the same kind of boyish outlook on life and I never took dancing too seriously I feel like dancing's been an escape for me it's always something I've done to escape my life my school life my family life anything that you know 
just an escape. It's just a way of expressing yourself. What's the way of expressing yourself? Having fun. I always had to have fun. So even when I'm on the road, I like to joke around and mess around. I'm, and sometimes I've gotten in trouble for it, for being too much of a joker. But it's part of my, I feel like the charm. It keeps you on the edge. It keeps you... It does. It, it, it makes you stand out. And I feel like being safe as a dancer is, is boring. Mm. I don't want to be safe. I want to be myself. I want to take risks, even if I fall, even if I mess up, even if I do a practical joke and it goes wrong. I just feel like... <laughs> I want to leave a legacy. Being yourself is the being the truest self you can be off stage will make you better on stage, I feel. Over those years, what do you feel personally has been the most challenging thing being on tour, being on the road? You talk about escaping quite a lot off the road. Well, when I first joined Riverdance, I was doing it to just have a new experience and to dance mm. and do something I'm passionate about, something I've dreamt about since I was a child. I just love dancing. But then over time, it became tour became a thing of an, of escape too. At times, yeah. sometimes I wanted to go on tour. Other times, I just wanted to escape because things happen in your life. You know, I know family things like sickness in your family. Like my mom and dad both had cancer. That was a good way to escape that how kind did, of intensity. You know. How did you deal with that being away? At think? first, it was a good time to think. I think because I'm the only boy of six girls in my family, that I was the one who doesn't really talk about things. So yeah. girls, I think naturally talk a bit more. Boys are a bit more stoic. So I would hold everything in and try to make sure everyone else is okay. Kind of like the glue in my family. Me and my father were kind of similar in that way, trying to keep everything together. And then when I go on the road, that's my time to think, my time to kind of reflect, and my time to maybe cry if you want to. When I'm at home, I am so close to my family and I've got loads of good friends that are very I'm very close to and I can open to open up to but on the road I feel like I'm more open to myself because you might be sitting on a bus for eight hours in a day yeah. and you have that time to think where I feel when you're at home life is so busy and you're caught up in the middle of being living your life yeah you don't have that time to reflect I think tour is a really good place to reflect and that's why people will start tour and they have this vision of their life and they might might end their tour journey and choose a completely different career yeah or be a completely different person because they've had time to reflect and experiment explore and just be true to themselves you're a very artistic guy, Jason O'Neill. Yeah. Would you say that being that way inclined makes you think differently, act differently, maybe go about tour differently? I've never really thought about it too much. I think it's just very organic. Like when I was younger, I think my mom saw that I had an ability to draw at like three or four. And at school, they kind of, I became, I wasn't the dance guy. I never told anyone I danced till I was like in my twenties. So I became like the art guy. So the guy that could draw. And at school, everyone thought I was going to be this like artist or something. Cause I painted a lot. Little like, did I know you're Michael Flatley behind closed doors. Not, not a notion. Not. I find that mental. Absolutely. That I, don't, I so find long. it mental too. Now that I'm such an ambassador of dance and I, I couldn't be any more proud of it. And, I, and you had such a career in dance as well. Like we all knew you everywhere else around the Irish dancing world. But, so but it's, it's just it's, a bizarre thing. And I, you know, I think it just snowballed. I went to an all boys school in Belfast and I didn't have any family there because my family moved from a different area to Belfast when I was maybe 13 or 14. You know, when I think about it, I think I was always highly aware of it. And just, I it was like living a strange lie, a I dance know. lie. How bizarre is that? But it just felt like something I needed to do for me because I didn't want to be pigeonholed. I didn't want to get a hard time. I saw a lot of people getting abuse. I just wanted to be myself and make some good friends. And yeah. again, education was important to me. So I wasn't just all about dance. I, I was, I loved art. I loved music. I loved school. I loved education. I loved my friends. I was just kind of a whole bodied person. But now I think I'm definitely defined by dance. Do you think though that any of those artistic sides that you have influence your dance? Well, I think creativity is boundless. I don't think there's any limits to being creative. 
there's so much you can tap into. It's limitless. So I feel like with dance, dancing is limitless. Art is limitless. There's been painters that have lived for hundreds of years and their work still stands and people are still coming up with new stuff. Same with music, same with dancing. I think it will always evolve. It's so bizarre because it could be something so simple. It could be just, I could be watching like a David Attenborough documentary about dolphins. Tail slapping is a method dolphins often use to stun their prey. Then all of a sudden I'm like doing a drawing that night or maybe write a little song or make up a step, which was kind of a stepping stone from watching a documentary, things like that, or films or photography. I could be looking at photos in a book or some graphic design from like Milton Glaser or Saul Blast or something from, a, and all of a sudden I've done something myself, but it's not really relevant to what I've seen, but it's definitely sparked something inside me yeah, to create. Yeah, kind of subconsciously. Yeah, so it's subconscious. My whole degree was subconsciously driving me to dance again. I was doing a lot of design work. I was delving into like books with like photography and design and advertising and marketing and branding, but somehow my dancing was becoming more creative. And Irish dancing, yes, it's turned into a sport. It's turned into an Olympic sport in the sense that we train so much. We do eight shows a week. We eat well, we get physio massage, but I view dancing as an art form. It's an expression of culture. It's like poetry, it's like music, it's Irish culture. So, as we sit in the final few days of this Shannon tour, looking forward, we're yeah. at the end of an era. That mm -hmm. sentence Absolutely. is going to be the death of me. We're at the end of an era. Is Jason O'Neill looking forward to a new era after Riverdance 20 closes? Are we looking at Riverdance 25? It's something I have thought about this whole tour, to be honest. And I go back and forth because, I, as I said, I still think I've got a lot more to give. Like. If it started tomorrow, would you get on the plane? When I was younger, it wouldn't matter where I was going. It was, I need to get on tour. And okay. I need to dance and I need to be on stage. And I didn't care the circumstances. Of course, you grow out of that and you now filter it. I feel like I want to go on tour when it's a certain place. Like, where are we going? How long for? Right. Can my family come and visit? Will I be at my best? Things like that. It, 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 it depends on where we're going. The door is not closed. The door is firmly open. There's a few times where I, you know, I've taken breaks in the show and I thought, is this a natural end for me? And then I, I get a thirst and hunger for it when I'm at home and you take those breaks, you get the thirst and hunger again. And I think I will always have that. And it's up to the company to want me, but then it's up to me to want them and to look after myself. I would love to be part of the 25th, but I want to be realistic. I want to stay top of my game. I want to be one of the top dogs. I don't want to go out like other people. I don't want to be forgotten about or fall down the ranks. I want to stay at the top. That's how my mind works. And that's the reason why I've got to the top. I've got goals, I've got targets, and I make sure I meet them. Looking back, what would Jason O'Neill now say to Jason O'Neill pre-2009 about to get in his first flight with Riverdance? Wow, whoa. What would I say to myself? First and foremost, have fun, open up. Don't take life too seriously. Don't take dancing too seriously. Stay focused. If you're feeling a bit anxious or if you've got a little bit of depression when you're on the road, talk to someone, open up, don't hold it all in. You can't hold in your problems. Tell people about your family situations, face up to them when you're on the road. Don't just kind of hide away in your room and just enjoy yourself.
On the next and final episode of Riverdance the Podcast, Chloe Turner speaks to us about her dance career. I was a very, very nervous, anxious kid. Audition day, I unfortunately had an anxiety attack. As long as you do have passion, determination and discipline, you can achieve your dreams. And it's a glimpse into the show's future as we visit the Riverdance Summer School and find out about the next generation of Irish dancers. Is everyone feeling positive? Is everyone feeling good about themselves? Is everyone feeling excited and buzzing for tomorrow? Every time I come back, it's never the same. An amazing opportunity to grow as a dancer. You make friends here as well. You're not just dancing, you are socialising. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. And join me next time as Riverdance the Podcast brings you on tour.